With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the Evergreen family of podcasts. Look for them online and a whole lot of um, what we call lifestyle broadcasting done there. And uh, very good people. Uh, very family oriented, by the way. So I think you probably enjoy some of the programming that's on there. Uh, thanks for making us number one in the Evergreen podcast uh, system, by the way. It's, uh, it's always good. One of the reasons we are number one and have been for a while and as a radio program it's hard to maintain a a time and be a listenership well we've been successful at doing most of that uh, but one of the reasons why tony wink you can uh, probably contribute to this as well in that uh, one of our longtime co-hosts is in the studio he's getting ready to depart because the sun is setting he's and out that's, that's tony tice and uh, tony we you know we we, we prayed for you we hoped for you and we knew there was going to be a day that you wouldn't be able to not put your leg over a bike. And it felt so good watching you come in. How do you feel? Uh, not bad. I don't, I don't, I can live. You're not a seasoned veteran anymore. Now you're just starting out. Yeah. And it feels like that too. Doesn't because really. it's, you, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. I don't, uh, I don't ever want to do it again. Hmm. Well, how about a possum? Could could you hit a possum? I hit a possum in a minute. In a minute. Tony, you want to say goodbye to our guest, uh, our longtime co-host and guest tonight, Tony Tony Tice from I might Benoit. have to come down Saturday and goodbye, Tice. hang out. You need to come down after work. Come down. At, we're going to have a free dinner at uh, five, about 5 o'clock. Yeah. All those guys are going to be there. Gilmore, Pedersen, Stevenson, Bradshaw, Byton. Just talk with Brayton. BBQ. In between the in the commercial break, he's stoked. We're, it's going to be good. Byton's going to do backflips. We got good food. You can listen to to uh, uh, Scott Casper. He's going to finally meet his match with Denny Stevenson. I guarantee it. Oh, I think Denny may. If he, no. if he shows up wearing flip flops and Dixie cups, I'm going to kick his butt. <laughs> well, wouldn't that be some? In the studio also is Dustin Peterson. Tony, drive home safely tonight. Enjoy the ride. Yeah, yeah, I plan to. You'll get back to 100. percent Yeah, I'll get there. Thanks. Love you, buddy. All right. Talk All right. to you guys later. There we go. We're going to have to get a new song for him, though. We're going to have to figure this out. Jack, think on it, will you? New Tony Tice song. Uh, Dustin Peterson in studio, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, what he calls home now. Uh, also big supporter of uh, the South Dakota State Jacks, uh, the Jack Rabbits, if you will. Uh, his race uh, is in the fall, November 23rd. And then, of course, the Midwest Supercross. That's indoors. What building are you guys in? Well, now we're in the uh, Sioux Empire Expo building. Oh, wow. Down on the fairgrounds. Uh, okay. Kind of on right off uh, I-29. Uh, and and how, how best can people find out about you? Well, um, we do a lot of social media. So we do some Instagram stuff, but most of our stuff is on Facebook. So we do Peterson Racing Promotions on Facebook. We're revamping our website right now, but Facebook is kind of our go-to. It seems like that is the number one um, way for us to get our word out there for our races. And then if they have any technical information they need, classes and such like that, then uh, our website should be up and going here this summer again. We had to take one down and, and redo it. So, Well, it looks like your, your race fans uh, 
are supporting your effort on Facebook. Over 3,000 people are already following you, and I think that's pretty substantial. Yeah, it's, you know, this is our 16th, uh, last year was our 16th year. Wow. Uh, we're going on 17 right now, so. Is that right? Yeah. And you yeah. haven't figured wow. it out yet, huh? You still. I, that's why I was bugging you today, man. I need <laughs> secrets. I need to know how to do this better. <laughs> you know how to make, you know how you get a million dollars running a racetrack? Sell it. Start with two. Start with two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, because if you sell it, they want to steal it too. So Yeah, pretty much. I like the guys that show up without permission and just uh, start racing on the track. It happens. Yeah. But it happens. It happens that- a lot less now. But you know what? Here's the thing why it happens less. I have a theory about this, why there's less poachers on my racetrack. Because back in the day, the poachers were kids riding old kicks, 250s or whatever. Nobody rides that bike, those bikes anymore. There's, there's, you've got this, the racers or the professional practicers that have the nine thousand <laughs> plus, the factory edition, whatever dirt bike, and then you have the, the, that's it. I mean, that's you don't have so those kids that are down in the back of, the, of an S ten or whatever that are, man, I just don't see those in this area anymore. And it's just, I don't think it's unique, and I know it's not. If you look at AMA's numbers, 18 to 24 racers are very, very thin in numbers, in numbers compared to what they used to be. That's the age you want to race dirt bikes, but they can't afford it. So, you know, you want to, you want to campaign there, uh, make dirt bikes affordable again, because that's what yeah. we need. That's, I'm telling you, uh, Jimmy Jarrett has his, his RM250 up for sale for ten grand. He's already been offered 8500 and that was this morning. I don't know where he's at now. And it's a brand-new championship. Never started, though. I mean, this is after he won the championship. It was a RM250, like an 07 or whatever it is. It's brand new. And so that he's, bike— He's at 85 last last you checked. Last I checked, he said his best offer was 8500 bucks. So that was such a good woods bike— proven by jimmy and other riders such a good motor motocross bike proven by ricky carmichael and others wow, yeah. take that is the best rm250 the, the best 252 stroke in my opinion before they were nine grand okay take that motorcycle suzuki needs to take that motorcycle take the tooling to taiwan or some i don't care if it's china I don't care. Hey, hey, hey. There's it, 300% import duty and tax on okay, that. Okay, maybe not maybe Taiwan then. But Taiwanese is actually pretty good pretty good product. So you take the tooling, you already own it. Take it over to 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 move the stuff, to build the bike over in Taiwan. Then you've got you've got cheap labor. You can you can sell the thing, retail it for 5500 bucks. Wow. We'll buy them all day. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. when the thing's junk I'll go get another one, and it'll still be cheaper than riding my 450. And then what needs to happen is MX Sports and the AMA, they need to get together, and they need to create an RM250 import class Class. on a national level. Mm -hmm. It'll drive racers. Yes, and Tim Cotter and I have had this conversation on the show, and I strongly disagree with Tim Cotter on this, but he says everybody's going to still want those the the very best yes but it's the plus 40 guys that are going to have them mm-hmm. create a class for the kids and they will come i believe this with all my heart so what, what's the progression you got you started up the minis the 50s right yeah we started with the 50s didn't exist when i started it was 60s the 60s were about the same size as a jr 50 is or or the you know or as a ktm 50 but the um yeah you start with the 60 or 50s and then you go 65 85 and then super mini or schoolboy. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, and, and I don't disagree with you, Tony. I think actually your idea is quite brilliant, and you've been spot on except for the lead ban, if you recall. <laughs> Whatever. I found him chewing on a swing arm. Uh, you know, full you can't, of lead. I can't be trusted with, with anything lead. that has lead in it. You never he, know. He, he was peeling paint off his dad's walls just to, you know, get that lead, uh, lead buzz going. Let's well, go to Jack Daly on Jack. Go ahead and turn your mic on. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there you are. Tony, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Can you please define for me what you mean by an affordable bike? Mm. What does that really look like for somebody that wants to get into this? Well, the thing is, is you've got here's the problem with the with the bikes that we have now. You've got nine thousand dollar plus dirt bikes that are junk in a year or two. It, and if they aren't, you don't know if they are or not because a four stroke is a ticking time bomb. It's F one technology that we all want. And anybody, and and I want it, and I'm going to have that new bike. I'm I'm gonna. I don't know how I'll sell my mower or do something, let the grass grow up. But I will have that new bike. But that's not everybody, and and so that bike will be. It, they wear out very quickly, and to rebuild is fifteen two thousand dollars, fifteen hundred two thousand dollars to rebuild them, and you still got a used motorcycle that isn't worth very much. So the used market is completely out of whack. Mm-hmm. So th- so you'll get guys that say, hey, I want to get into it. I found the CRF 450 for or 250F for for two grand 2500. Well, when the thing shells out, he's out all the money unless he needs wheels because the thing's junk. And so that's the problem. So so what we do is we have a two-stroke. Why is he 250 seven grand or something? Eight grand, right? They're like 8500 bucks or something. Yeah, they're yeah pushing nine grand now they're pushing nine grand that's wrong this is wrong they don't they, they're why is it two stroke nine thousand dollars it's so here's what we need to do is we need to have a an rm250 an 03 cr250 era type bike that those were great bikes too um i really am i'm really partial to the rm250 for reasons that, because i've i've ridden a thousand of them i've i've i have a I have two thousand hours on an RM250. I know what they do, and I, they're 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 the perfect bike. Are okay? they easy to work on? I don't work on motorcycles. I throw them away and get new ones. Well, the, the, but, not everybody. But yes, two fifty two two strokes are very easy to work on. Good okay. point. So the thing is, is when you say, "Man, this bike needs rebuilt," it's not two thousand bucks. If the thing's still running, most likely a hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks on the outside, and you've got a new top end, and the thing's good for another season. If you take care of the thing and you change the oil and the and the clean the, keep the air filter clean, so the, I mean we've been beating this stinking this horse is dead. And we've been beating it, but I'm telling you, it's bones. Some, Kimco <laughs> or some Taiwanese, some brand needs to come up with and with a a cool, a really good RM250 ripoff. If RM if Suzuki's not going to do it, maybe they license it to him though. I yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I never I wouldn't see Suzuki doing that, but. But uh, the Japanese are very proud. Of Japanese, proud people. they're very proud people, and they're not gonna. They are doing it with some of their their two wheel drive four wheelers, though. And I know that the side by side. I have a Kawasaki Mule, and I understand that that engine was built in some other country that wasn't Japan. So um, they crate them in. Yeah. So Let, I mean, let's go to Dustin Peterson joining us in the studio from Sioux Falls. Dustin, you agree with uh, what Tony's saying, and what are you seeing in your region, your neck of the woods, when it comes to a total number of kids uh, and young adults riding? Are you seeing the numbers uh, decrease uh, because of bike costs or for whatever reason? Oh, I totally agree with Tony. Um, you know, it is. It's crazy nowadays. Um, 
I uh, recently I just I was telling Tony when we when we were out at his track I just bought a new bike here about two weeks ago and I was looking at used bikes and Tony's theory is a hundred percent spot on anything used with over fifty hours on it you almost want to you know turn a shoulder and walk away I uh, looked at all these used ones and end up going to a dealership and just buying a brand new one well what's the depreciation equipment wise on a on a motorcycle when you say fifty hours hundred hours or whatever and the bike starts breaking down what are, what what are you seeing break down first? Well, you know, anything can happen with these with these new motocross bikes these days. Um, you know, to to Tony's degree, the maintenance, if a guy on a four-stroke doesn't stay up on keeping his valves adjusted, doing all that stuff, I mean, like he said, you got two grand minimum sure. if you grenade the thing. Okay. Um, you know, back to the old two-strokes, um, in 2008, I bought a brand-new carryover 2007 YZ250 when I was running vet class the first the first year, and that was forty three hundred bucks. Wow, forty three hundred bucks in the crate, and it was done deal. That's affordable. A year later, I bought a brand new two thousand nine Honda four fifty and spent seventy three hundred dollars. Wow. So, to to his point, um, nowadays when we go to the track, we're starting to see the herd thin out, which is sad. And we're trying to on in our neck of the woods trying to create that hype like tony's doing you know we need to bring the fun back into it we need these kids to show up and not worry about their social media picture that they put on there about how cool they look in their new 400 hundred dollar helmet and stuff we need to bring back the the old school like the kid in the back of the s10 that doesn't unload his bike from wednesday to sunday to race that (laughs) his you know he's got moto triple x stickers he's he's that kid that's pit pass stickers on there i am that kid you are that kid i I knew that was you (laughs) dude i I got a funny story i've 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 told it before but guy cooper was my he was my guy he was your your guys is i'm a bradshaw bradshaw guy and you're gonna hang out with him this weekend if you show up and i'm and i'm um uh um uh, Jeremy McGrath fan. Okay, yeah, me too. Actually, I who have, isn't though? He I, is a I, McGrath fan, dude. I have twelve of McGrath's replica helmets hanging in my garage. I have the real thing. You have Jeremy McGrath in your house? Uh, no, just the helmet. Okay, yeah, from him. Yeah, I love you. Well, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. he doesn't know who has it. Uh, he signed it. It was on a table, and I took it. <laughs> oh, well. so. Hey, I got I got an original one. I'll trade you. That one's got ink all over it. Hmm. Let me know. I'll think about it. I'll text you. I got a couple Carmichael's you can have free of charge. I'll take it. <laughs> Do you know, I, I'm going to bring something to you guys because I've been thinking long and hard about this. When I saw an interview with Ricky, um, and it was on a, it's on like the audience channel, okay? And it was all filmed in black and white. And he explained why he retired okay it wasn't a challenge to him anymore but he had really started hating motorcycle racing and it's the way his his mother in particular Jeannie drove drove him okay uh, to hit that corner 50 times and then move to a different part of the track and hit that straightaway hit the bumps and hit the whoops um, it's almost as if she she overdid it and forced him in a position of absolutely hating racing you agree with that and 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 what do we have to what what do we tell parents in order for their kids to not suffer like he did? Well, I you know, it's crazy because you look at him, you look at Millsaps, you look mm-hmm. at all those guys. Um, myself, my my little guy Brayton, I he's got a PW fifty. He could he could ride an electric bike before he could walk. Wow. Um, I have video of it. You know, am I going to be that mini dad? I I'm trying not to be, but in this day and age. Um, Ricky Carmichael took the motocross game 
to the next level. He oh, really easily. did. Yeah. I mean, when that when that kid, when that little redhead from Florida cut 30 pounds or whatever it was and showed up to the track the next year, people knew he was for real. Yeah, he and ruined it for everybody else. He did. He did. He <laughs> did. Everybody else was going, oh, no. Imagine what McGrath and Emig and those guys out there like. They had to oh. For sure. Yeah. No more Lake Havasu trips. No. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> At least not during the season. Yeah. The Moto Triple X video appearances kind of dwindled out. The Denny Stevenson and That was Crusty. Emig's backyard. That was Crusty Demons one. Yeah. So I was thinking about this the other day. I was laughing. Uh, Denny, as an announcer, he, he'd be awesome. Right. Oh, yeah. And oh, so, yeah. and I even texted him and asked him. Of course, he didn't respond. I don't blame him. But um, uh, so. And one of the scenes is when they're riding pit bikes, which were just Z50s back in the day, and they were uh, drinking and whatever, you know. And 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 Denny's got a stick that he's using for a microphone, and he, and he says, "Here we are live at Riverside Raceway." I did not name my racetrack after that. We're on a river, but and I was in Riverside, so he named it. He named it. Well, I, I don't know. Has he got rights yet? <laughs> Trademark. Trademark. <laughs> I'll let him ride for free on sa- yeah. on my bike. Yeah, just you know, don't bring it up. The best is when I when I give somebody a bike to ride, and then they ask, "Do I have to pay since it's your bike?" And I'm like, <laughs> "It happens more often than yeah. you would think." So that's looking a gift towards square in the mouth. Yeah, and punching him over and over. <laughs> All right, um, your race is coming up. Uh, I, I would imagine you're already hard at work on uh, with advertisers, uh, sponsors. Uh, licensing issues with the city i gotta imagine probably a long-term contracts to hold the building yeah yeah you know um tony and myself kind of had a had a heart-to-heart you know today out at his track Uh, people don't really understand you know when we put these races on they get to see the fun stuff from the month before leading up to the race but you know the hard work that i can even vouch for tony and what he's got going on out there, you know, I'll start working on my November race literally next month. I mean, we've already started talking with different sponsors. Okay. Our, our race is kind of a unique breed. Um, I sell booth space. Yeah. So we put on like a big boy toy show with a race under the same roof. Okay. Um, kind of a snow and go show. Yeah, really it is. You know, we have a lot of stuff in there. But I can vouch, you know, I know what Tony puts into this thing. And I know the stress he's going through right now. And The fact if, that he's there every single day. The fact that he overlooks that place every single day, to me, is my respect for him is so much more. Actually driving out there and seeing the facility, seeing what he's got put into it. It's a neat layout, isn't it? It's awesome, Mm -hmm. man. I went on Facebook, and I'm sharing stuff, and I'm sending my buddies videos that up in my area have never been down here. This is the stuff we need to support. This is is where it's at. Did you see what he did with the Ten Commandments? Over... He's got a replica of the Ten Commandments. Uh, Loretta, there's a section of Loretta's called the Ten Commandments. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. So I went down there in April. To Loretta's place. To Loretta's and measured them like to a T. As I think. Every feature. And Yep. The the the, the lift, the, the height, the, the everything. And uh, took uh, Nick Jenkins down with me, who's from Gano Excavating. Mm-hmm. They're, they're really, really good at uh, doing what, what we do. And... and um, so anyway, we went down there, and, and a guy named Bud Guthrie, who's from Kansas City, came up to our race last weekend or two weeks, whatever it was, and he said, dude, I'm here because of that post. When I turned the corner on the track and mm-hmm. looked at that, I thought I was – he's like, it was just like Loretta's. And I'm and – I'm, that's hard to do. I'm telling yeah. you, the Ten Commandments – 
for whatever reason, it's a really hard section to duplicate. It isn't that hard to to. We had we've had people on and talking about it, you know, and like tripling out of that thing's a big deal at Loretta's. Mm-hmm. You can come practice at my track because I'm telling you, it's the same. I'm not going to do it, but somebody yeah, will. So a lot of people do. Oh yeah. Matter yeah. of fact, if you hit the triple and land it correctly, you get a free Bible. <laughs> a Bible. A Ten Commandments Bible. Oh, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Funny. <laughs> Clever. <laughs> Oh, wow. These are the jokes, folks, and uh, you have to explain them to Tony sometimes. But Well, I'm awful glad you're in the studio. Are you going to stick around as we uh, uh, welcome Matt Byton here in a little bit? Well, yeah, I, I may as well. You know, I I did have a stint there for a while in the freestyle world. Um, I helped the oh, Red Bull was traveling around a little bit, and they did a, a show up in Sioux Falls, so I helped Tommy Clowers and some crew. Uh, oh, I haven't talked to Tomcat in a while. Yeah, that was pretty cool. We, Jeff uh, Tilton? Jeff Tilt. Was Full there. tilt. Full tilt. Tried to take my girlfriend home that night. That was cool. Yeah, but. it happened. <laughs> How did it end? It didn't for him. Uh-huh. So his night ended. No, he was such a cool guy. They, <laughs> Get they were all here. so fun. So All right, Jack, we're going to take quick time out on the live line. You're listening to America's Motor Racing Talk Show as we continue. Part of the uh, fabulous Evergreen podcast system. Check them out online. You'll find other great programming there as well. This portion of the show brought to you by WiseCo. If WiseCo's not carried by a dealer new year, near you, First of all, shame on them. Ask them to carry Wiseco Performance products. Look for them online at wiseco.com. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along The Planted Runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 